finds Derrick Rose. Rose goes inside, up and under. Oh, gorgeous move from Derrick Rose. Get out of Garland's hands. Now Mobley has it. Mobley pass inside. Allen blocked by Randall. Oh, what a block from Julius Randall. Good afternoon, New York City, the Tri-State, and all of Knicks Nation across the globe. I'm your host, Taylor Fuller, and this is another episode of The Chronicle. I've done it to myself again. I pushed off the Sunday podcast. Now here we are on Monday. I have to cover two games. And just like last time with the Orlando series, it's a win and a loss. So we got a lot to unpack here. Let's get right into it. Friday night Knicks were back this weekend, heading into Milwaukee to face off against Giannis Antetokounmpo, the defending champion, 4-4 and Bucks. Chris Middleton was out for this one. Obviously, Dante DiVincenzo also out. Chris out with in COVID protocol. Dante's out with that ankle injury, still working his way back. Regular Knicks starters tipped off against Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, his brother Thanasis, once a Nick, always a Nick. Knicks got off to a bad start in this one, going down 38-19 to in the first quarter, notably giving up 14 points to Grayson Allen, who hit four out of his five three-point attempts, uh, had it stuck on automatic. Bucks took their largest lead of the game early in the second quarter, up 40-19. to That's 21 points down. I think ESPN's win probability gave the Bucks something like a 94% chance of winning the game at that point. But that's when things started to turn around for your Knicks. In the final three quarters of the game, the New York Knicks outscored the Milwaukee Bucks 94 to 60. You know, after they surrendered that 38 points in the first quarter alone, the Knicks held the Bucks to 35 points total for the entire second half. With the offense clearly not clicking in the first quarter, the Knicks went away from their normal three-point barrage, bared down on defense. Shout out Nerlens Noel, his second game of the season, really did an amazing job guarding Giannis, setting the tone for the rest of the team. The Knicks took a 21-point deficit, turned it into a 22-point advantage, going on to win easily by 15 points. Final score, 113-98. to Now to unbox the box score for this game. Obviously, that amazing run the Knicks went on. To win the game, like I said, 94-60 to over the final three quarters. Really just an amazing game. Grayson Allen looked all NBA early in this one. We made some adjustments, and the defense was on display from then on. Kemba Walker struggled a little bit in this one. He didn't play as big of minutes as he normally does. Uh, You know, that was really due to Derrick Rose coming in with that second unit, having a real calming effect on the team, played better defense, really scored the ball well shooting 10 of 18 on his way to 23 points, eight rebounds, four assists, getting himself out of a little slump. The young R.J. Barrett scoring 20 points for his fifth consecutive game, blossoming right before our eyes. Obviously, you have Julius in this one, another monster game. 32 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, shot 50% from the field. Three of nine from three, not the best, but like I said, that was more in the first quarter. But the second unit really spurred the beginning of this comeback. They all played bigger minutes than the normal rotation. Emmanuel quickly played really tough defense. Box score says he just went one for three from three. Nine points, but he had a big impact and, uh, you know, finally saw a three-pointer go in, shot a decent percentage. 
Um, but if I had to give the game ball, I'd obviously give it to Nerlens Noel. Again, the stats don't jump out at you. Had four points, 13 rebounds, though. That was big, 19 minutes. But, you know, just did a great job on Giannis. Seemingly got his hands on every loose ball, every long rebound, tipped it back out to a guard. You know, he's obviously not an offensive threat, has stones for hands, uh, but gives us those extra possessions. Um, you know, Julius really snapped out of a little slump that he was in with those 32. I thought he was aggressive, not out of control, got to the lane, made some stuff easier for himself. Uh, you know, definitely got some easy buckets thanks to hard work on the boards, had some putbacks, and I think that's a big difference for him. You know, he really is a blue-collar star. Uh, he got back to his brand of basketball, as did the whole team, outworking their opponents. Those first few games, we shot the ball so well. I think we won too easily, maybe gained some some bad habits. And I think even with Middleton out and DiVincenzo still out, I think this really was a signature win so far on the season, making that big comeback and getting back to how we should play defense. Even after the hot shooting start in Milwaukee, we held them to 40% shooting for the game. Now for highlight of the night, it goes to Derrick Rose. And on the record, I will never describe a good game of his as vintage. You know, his game has just evolved. You know, this highlight comes from his huge second quarter. Gets a pass from RJ on a little mini fast break. One dribble into the lane for a double clutch sort of up and under reverse layup. In 2011, he might have just double pumped, dunked it. Uh, you know, but we'll call this beautiful highlight nostalgic. We won't call it vintage. Um, not going to get into the post-game press conferences right away. We're going to hear from Julius, Derek Rose, and Tom Tibbs from this game. But I'm going to show them after I go over this next game. So let's get right into that. On Sunday night, the New York Knicks faced off against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming in with a record, 6-4, and four, but on, and also on a three-game win streak. New starting lineup for the Knicks. Kemba Walker was out, resting for the first game of a back-to-back. So Derrick Rose got his first start of the season. Rest of the starters were the same. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Evan Fournier, our boys. They tipped off against Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Dean Wade, Evan Mobley, and Jarrett Allen. Um, you know, the two teams went back and forth for most of the first half. Knicks had a, a one-point halftime advantage, 57-56. Nothing really, really notable here. Evan Fournier had a solid first half, 13 points. I think Julius had 11. Um, Colin Sexton did exit the game with a knee contusion after scoring eight points. He only played 12 minutes in this one, all in that first half, did not return um, Ricky Rubio with kind of a precursor to what was going to happen in the second half. He hit two three-pointers, two for two for the game, but I don't think that prepared anyone for what we were about to see. The Knicks were completely blown out of the water in the third quarter. I thought with this new offense, uh, new offensive players, we were done with those bad third quarters like last season. Um, 33-18, Ricky Rubio hit Four three-pointers, went four for four uh, in the quarter, bringing his total for the game. Six for six from three out of nowhere. Uh, the Cavs shot six or se- uh, six out of seven from three in the third quarter. Um, really just killed us. 
Um, before going on, you know, they hit six of seven in that quarter. They hit 13 out of 17 threes in the second half. Um, the fourth quarter, we played them closer. Um, obviously, they still hit another seven threes in that quarter. Um, we gave up 37 points in the fourth. 37 points also is coincidentally how many Ricky Rubio scored for the game. 37 points, 10 assists. He went eight for eight from three. As a team, the Cavs shot 54% from three, hitting 19. Completely out of character for them. Rubio now joins Jalen Brown and OG Ananubi as opposing players facing the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, setting new career highs this season. Crazy. Madison Square Garden brings the most out of players, and it doesn't matter. That's on both teams. Final score in this one, Cavaliers won, going away, 126-109. You know, now to unbox this, let's, uh, you know, right off the bat, Ricky Rubio with the career high, obviously jumps off the page, 37 points, 8 of 8 from 3, not an outside shooter, just completely an anomaly of a game. Next thing that jumps out is obviously Evan Mobley, uh, third overall pick in this uh, last offseason's draft. Touted as kind of a traditional big man, rough on offense. None of that seemed evident against the Knicks. 26 points, nine rebounds, threw in five assists. He had some really good interior passing with Jarrett Allen, showed that he's really a capable, capable distributor. Definitely not known as an outside shooter, but he just followed Ricky Rubio's lead, hit two out of four from three. Super bright future in the league for this kid. It was on full display at the Mecca against our Knicks, unfortunately. Jared Allen also was really impressive with this one. His front court mate, 18 points, 17 rebounds, really dominated the glass, had some nasty dunks. Not even sure who they were on, but they were nasty. Um, you know, the two really showed, you know, him and Mobley really showed they can play well together. It doesn't hurt and makes things go a lot smoother when your perimeter players are hitting all their shots as well. Um, for the Knicks, something that jumps off the page right away, maybe because it's at the top of my box score uh, that I'm looking at right now, R.J. Barrett came crashing down to earth. Only six points in this one, three for 13. Uh, and, and frankly, he got benched in favor of Quentin Grimes for the fourth quarter. Obviously, wasn't doing his de- his job defensively. Uh, Thibodeau went with the young guy, Grimes, um, who gave us a short but pretty good look at himself, hit two out of three threes, brought some intensity to the perimeter defense. Still didn't matter. Rubio was hitting threes in his face, too. Don't get it twisted. Julius had 19 points, seven assists, seven rebounds in this one. I would not say he was the reason we lost. I don't think he played wonderfully, but he didn't shoot the ball terrible. Um, Didn't really connect on his three-pointers, went one for five from three. And I know when he is hitting his threes on top of everything else he does with his game, that's how he really gets rolling. Uh, But just overall, looking at this box score, the plus-minus jumps out for that first unit. They really didn't play well. Minus 14, minus 22, minus 20. Um, That second unit really came in and had better energy. I think when the first unit hits their shots, their energy's up. If they're not hitting their shots, that energy level goes right down on offense and defense. Really bothersome, uh, really annoying to watch. 
Uh, hopefully we can correct that and they get their chemistry up and play hard on defense, no matter if their shots are going in or not. Emmanuel quickly got out of his slump even a little more in this one. 12 points, hit a couple threes to finish out the game. Um, you know, but this really was a second half shooting spectacle clinic, whatever you want to call it by the Cavs. But on the encouraging side of things, I did see on Twitter this company called Shot Quality. According to their Twitter bio, quantifying the quality of shots to optimize decision-making for coaches. They published a little infographic about the game, which stated that based on the shots that both teams took, the Cleveland Cavaliers would win the game 10% of the time. The New York Knicks would win the game 90% of the time. This just gives some statistical backing to what we already know is that our offense hasn't been playing terrible. We took good shots. We didn't make them. The Cavs took quote-unquote bad shots. They did make them. I'm sure that's skewed because Ricky Rubio isn't a very good outside shooter. We contested those shots or they weren't at least wide open, although the Cavs did hit a bunch of wide open threes, and we're going to go into that in a little later when I talk about uh, NBA, like the team stats updates. We have some really troubling trends that we're going to talk about later about that. Um, but yes, shot quality, cool company. Um, they have devised some sort of statistical unit here, I guess, to measure the amount of quality shots. It's called uh, team shot quality points, Cavs 99, Knicks 115. There's also some luck descriptions. They said the Cavs were expected to score 20 less points from three. Wonder who those came from. Ricky Rubio. New York Knicks were expected to score seven more points from three. Um, but, you know, just a cool thing and, and quantifying something that I think is pretty important and is more of an indicator of how well your offense is playing. Uh, obviously, if shots fall, a lot of things get ignored. Um, but, yeah, just a, a crazy game by the Cavs. They hit everything. Highlight of the game. Always tough to pick one from a loss. Has to be Julius Randle. Pretty late in the fourth quarter. The Knicks still trying to mount a comeback with a huge block on Jarrett Allen, who many of us know is a true dunker. Had a couple of great dunks in this game. Julius with the huge rejection. Loose ball. Dove directly on the floor for it. Then Jared Allen actually jumped on top of him to try to get the loose ball, fouled him. Uh, just an awesome block and then an awesome hustle play by you know your superstar, who I said before really is a, a blue-collar star for sure, not afraid to put in the work. Now to kind of recap the whole weekend, we're going to hear the post-game press conference clips. I'm going to do what I did, the same thing I did uh, for the Orlando series where I play really a reaction from Friday's win and then also from Sunday's loss, just back-to-back, -back, so you can kind of hear the difference in that. Uh, first up, we're going to hear from Julius Randle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lose two in a row. Um, come to, back, like you said, from 21 down. Um, just shows a lot about the character of our team, and um, I think, you know, he's 100% right. It's a great confidence builder for us. Um, we just got to keep building. You know, I think what made us great last year was being able to take care of home court. So we got to do that uh, next game. Matt, uh, yeah, Rubio got off. Um, I think the offensive glass killed us. Me personally, I feel like every time we tried to make a run, uh, especially in the second half, uh, 
Jared Allen seemed like Jared Allen got an offensive rebound or Mobley or something. And uh, I feel like that offensive line has killed us. Um, transition, we got to continue to fix. Got to be able to get stops in critical moments, and we're not doing that consistently. Next, we'll hear from Coach Tom Thibodeau. First, after the win on Friday, then his reaction to the loss on Sunday. Yeah, that's you know, obviously you don't want to get down like we did, but we did. And then you know you got it's a long game. You got to keep fighting. Uh, try to get it to a manageable number. And I felt once we got going a little bit. And we made a couple hustle plays, and that sort of galvanized us, gave us energy. Then we got it to 10, and once it gets to 10, you feel like you have a chance. And so I thought a lot of guys stepped up, and I thought our bench gave us a great lift when they came in, and, and they got it within reach. And then when the starters went back in the third, I thought they played with great intensity. So the rebounding really got us going. Uh, you know, and the challenge is with a guy like Giannis, you got to load up pretty good to him, and they can make some threes, and they did. And you still you can't get discouraged. You got to keep going. You got to make sure you're protecting the paint, but you got to make sure you're firing out and covering that line. And so it's that requires you to do two, three, four things on the same play, and and then they push the ball up on top of that. So you know, there's no, there's no relaxing. If you relax, you know, one second, you're you're giving them a, a, an easy scoring opportunity. So I thought the bench did a terrific job. Stars came back. We had a number of guys. RJ was terrific. Julius is Julius. He's the energy that he's playing with makes us play with energy. And so his all-around game. What Derek did was special. Uh, I thought Quick gave us really good minutes. So we had a lot of guys step up. There was a stretch in there. Uh, let me say, let me add, Nerland's play was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Well, if they get their confidence early, you know, it's hard to shut them down after that. So, you know, he's uh, he's been a good player in the league for a long time. When you look at the Bucks game, 40 point turnaround, and then tonight you guys struggled to find that consistency that you've talked about, you know, how do you sort of break that down in your mind in terms of what? Yeah, just, you know, be ready to play. You know, the games keep coming. They come fast. Everyone in the league is good. You got to be ready. You got to play with an edge. Our defense wasn't very good. Our rebounding wasn't very good. And if we're going to rely just strictly on offense, we're going to pay a price for it. All right, time for a team stats update. Your New York Knicks are third in scoring in the league at 113 points per game. Three-point shooting, they're still fourth in makes per game, 11th in attempts, fifth in percentage. We have a 13th overall in the league net rating, eighth in opponent's field goal percentage, 25th in opponent's fast break points. Now, like I, I said covering that Cavs game, let's take a deeper look at some troubling stats on defense outside of just the transition points that I've talked about before, obviously 25th in the league. Uh, giving up too many fast break points. It's no secret teams have been shooting a pretty high percentage from three against the Knicks, 36% to be exact, good for 23rd in the league. Previously, we could write this trend off as just some hot shooting by opponents, but now that we're 10 games into the season, I think it's cause for concern. We're seeing a trend, and taping, taking a deeper look at that percentage and why it's so high, 
The Knicks have conceded a league-leading 91 wide-open threes. That's no defender within six feet. As well as a league-leading 119 wide-open field goals when you include two-pointers as well. Our perimeter defense has just not been up to snuff. To put this in perspective, over the final 10 games of last season, they only allowed 60 wide-open threes. Um, You know, some other... I guess on offense, the bright spots were still eighth in the league in bench scoring per game. Uh, shout out that second unit, which has had way better chemistry and more consistency than our starters. Julius Randle leads our team in points, rebounds, and assists per game, putting up averages of 22, 11, and 6. Scoring outside of Randle's led by R.J. Barrett, scoring 17 a game. Evan Fournier averaging 15, while Kemba and Derrick Rose averaging 13. Now for a preview of our upcoming game tonight. The New York Knicks face off against the 8-2 Philadelphia 76ers at 7 p.m. Live from Philadelphia. Catch it on MSG. Our second meeting with the Sixers this season, who according to reports will be without Joel Embiid, who is resting, as well as Matisse Thibel and Danny Green, two other important pieces for this team. In our first matchup with Philly, we play potentially our best defensive game of the season, holding Embiid to 14 points, Seth Curry to only four in our 112-99 victory. Since that game, the Knicks have played 500 basketball, while the Sixers have won six games in a row. Defending the three-point line will be key again tonight, as Curry will certainly be one of their go-to scoring options outside of Tobias Harris, who's averaging 19 a game. I will look for the Knicks to make some adjustments, albeit on the fly for defense. Obviously, like I said, three-pointers have been a huge issue, giving up wide-open shots. This has potential trap game written all over it as the Sixers are undermanned uh, and both teams are on the second half of back-to-backs. With Embiid out, this game shifts from you know just a must-compete, obviously a team on a six-game win streak, to a really should win for the Knicks, who are looking to get things back on track after that 5-1 and one impressive start. Unfortunately, we've lost three out of our last four. Uh, you know, I'll also say we're full strength with Kemba, with, you know, getting Kemba back. Uh, you know, so I, I really am looking for the Knicks to hopefully put in a good effort tonight. I know it's always tough on the back-to-backs. Philly was a short travel trip, so, you know, that jet lag shouldn't be an issue. And we'll hope for a better outcome than that Cavaliers game. Just to keep you guys up to date on the Knicks' upcoming schedule, schedule obviously the philly game tonight uh in philadelphia then we face milwaukee on wednesday a rematch of last friday's game before finishing up the week friday at charlotte to face off against Lamelo ball and the hornets uh hopefully a winning record this week i think that's all we could hope for this has been another episode of the chronicle i'm your host taylor fuller Tune in next time as we recap Knicks versus Sixers and keep you up to date on all things Knicks. Thank you for listening. Do me a favor. Go play some hoops or watch some hoops. Be sure to support your local youth basketball programs. Basketball really is the most beautiful game in the world, and I'll catch you all next time.